0: If your customers value you the service that you provide the personal touch that you provide that comes from you because of the values you've incorporated into your business
1: are you in a leadership role trying to figure out how to convince others to change their mind have you ever wondered why is leading and influencing others so darn hard are you looking for practical answers to these two vital questions if so welcome to my podcast closing the gap with Denise Cooper I'm your host, Denise Cooper, and I am a storyteller. I interview thought leaders and people just like you who are learning and practicing the art and expanding on the science of leadership. Listen as my guests and I talk about what it takes to be a remarkable leader in the 21st century. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone in the sound of my voice. I am so appreciative that you came and listened to Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper, where I bring you the top, the best, the most passionate guests every week so that you can learn something that is going to help you close the gap, get from where you are now to where you want to be one step at a time. We break ideas down. You know, we have all these words. We have all these ideas out there that. They just become common, but we don't really stop to think about what does it mean. And today, my guest is Nita Solanke. And the reason I brought Nita is she's a bit different than some of the guests that I might have had in the past. She targets entrepreneurs, kind of that idea of being three to 10 in that scaling portion of the business. Now you've kind of figured out what your customers are doing. And you've got to start putting some systems in. It's the place where strategic planning, strategic thinking, and strategic implementation kind of come together. And she's the thought partner that you want to have that is going to help you go from idea to implementation, not just for the short term, but for the sustainable long term. Using her tailored, unique agile framework that encapsulate 20 years of experience in change management with people, technology, accounting, marketing, process improvement, scenario planning, and analytics. I mean, she covers the whole piece of what makes a difference in your strategic planning, moving to strategic implementation. She works directly with entrepreneurs and small to medium business owners who are looking for the competitive edge those ready to make that difficult decision that provides the cash flow to bridge and navigate any terrain facing them. And I thought I'd do this particular podcast with Nita because, as you know, I've been a mentor now for two or so years with something called Innovate Charlotte. And what we do is we take early stage entrepreneurs and we help them go from an idea to building a business. And it's not for everyone. Some of my best work has been helping someone who moved from corporate America into the entrepreneur space realize that just because you have an idea and you had a few customers, it may not be a sustainable business. And so I thought that this would be a really good podcast for us to get together and have an honest, down-to-earth conversation about what it means to go from being an entrepreneur, kind of single entrepreneur, to building a business that is really sustainable. That, that curve from being a small, you know, single person business to actually having a small business to going to a medium size. What does that curve look like and what does scaling look like if you're in that space? So for businesses to thrive and not just survive. There needs to be a strategic plan with bite-sized stepping stones, small steps, guys, closing the gap, which also needs to be communicated across your organization. And think about your organization, not just about the people who work for you, but when you're in that small business section, it's about the vendors and other people who are the suppliers or they do other work for you. Those 1099ers are just as important as those individuals who are working for you. What are your two best ideas for solving the problems that are in front of you? Unlocking hidden profit in the business so that business operates smoothly and allowing room for growth and control is a planned piece. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Hey, Nita, how you doing? Oh, I love your energy, Denise. I'm doing really well.
0: And thank you for the opportunity today. And welcome to all your listeners. Yes.
1: You know, I know you. We've been back and forth trying to get this thing on. Uh, that's what happens when you have two busy people who run their own businesses here. Sometimes it's a challenge to get it in. And in the midst of it, I, my daughter had a baby and that really upset the apple carpet. <laughs> but tell us a little bit about your background and what's your sweet spot?
0: Okay, well, first of all, hopefully you can tell by the accent that um, I'm actually in the U.K., and I actually started off as an accountant, so my accountant's background is actually accounting, where I enjoy working with figures and you know analyzing data and everything. And I slowly, well, it was it was funny because it was actually a challenge. I saw it as a challenge where the rebel inside of me came out when someone said, "You, you can't, you won't get anything better." And I'm like, "Oh, that sounds like a challenge." And so I just happened to go into the software world. But saying that. The reason why I, got, I went into the, the world of technology is because I see things happening, and this this is in my personal life as well as in my you know professional life. If I see people duplicating things or you know the resources that are wasted, I get I really cringe. You know, I want things to be efficient. I want things to be smooth. And so, where I saw in my role, I was actually repeating somebody else's work, or I was having to, it was taking me a week when I could see it. Do this so much faster that I use technology to improve, become smarter rather than working harder. You know, you can work hard if you can do it smartly, more, even smarter than even better. And so I've actually ended up in the world of technology, and uh, that's been fascinating for me because, as you said, I've been helping businesses go through that change from manual systems to more fully integrated systems. But at the same time, so there's so much. As, you know, you mentioned change management. People go through that mindset change of Control to actually delegating it to give it to whether it's technology or to other people and going through that. I'm going to say it's my sweet spot because it's actually interaction with people that I really enjoy. You know, bouncing from, you know, doing that brainstorming, getting people's heads together to see how we can go through a solution, problem solving, all of that interaction is what I love. And also encouraging people to, I'm going to say, Sunday ground, you know, there's no such thing as a silly idea put it forward and that collaboration gets everybody involved because everyone's significant in their own role and so that's that's what I really like to do is have that interaction with people but you know the quiet people the, you know they more extravagant or the extroverts get everybody involved so because there's that one set goal of moving forward and that's what I, I thrive on other people's energies but also creating that positive and candid attitude you know uh, environment as well.
1: You know, you said so much in doing that and what you're passionate about in general. I, I want to dig a little deeper into that because it's it's we hear things about our passions and whatnot. And one of the things you talked about is kind of moving from, you know, being that top person or the CEO into connecting and collaborating with people and getting the joy out of it and getting them to be able to, you know, kind of come up with their own ideas, those kinds of things. As you look back on your kind of, you know, what business you do and what and who you work with, what are some of the challenges in that idea of going from I do it all to I now have to trust someone else to do it?
0: It it takes a lot of discipline, but a lot of preparation within yourself to say, I suppose you need to you know awareness is key. You need to become aware that actually you're draining yourself down. You know, there's so much out there of being overwhelmed, and and you know, there's you've got there's just too much going on. And what happens is your performance suffers. Okay, so becoming aware, and again, this is family life. You know, the professional life. You know, with your friends, everything. People will notice that your performance is actually deteriorating. And so, by becoming aware of taking time out for yourself to say, it could be that oh my God, this I'm living my passion. You know. I'm, I've created the business that I want, but actually it's become a stressful job. Why is that? Or I normally have, you know, date night with my husband or my partner. I just feel too stressed and I just want to go to sleep. And so Mm -hmm. become aware of all of those things. This is where you've got to reflect on yourself to say, what can I do to make the change? You know, people can blame other people to say, oh, you know, because my, my, you know, my husband this or my employee didn't do that. That's why I'm having to redo everything. But actually you have. I would say, you know, be the change that you want to see. So mm-hmm. come aware of yourself to kind of say, what can I do to make this better for me? And and but at the same time, go back to your roots. You know, David Goggins says, you know, when he says go back to your roots, it's not necessarily about you know where your ancestors came from. It's go back to your roots in who, what made you the person you are today? Okay, what do you value from your childhood? That made you the person that you are today. When you look at your, you know, back to school, what did you enjoy That's, you know, that gave you that joy and the enlightenment, you know? And what are your strengths? Because if you're working on your strengths, you get to enjoy it because you're you're performing well. Mm-hmm. You're forcing yourself to work on tedious jobs that are, you know, you just don't understand it becomes, you know, stressful and demotivating. And, you know, it drains, the, it could even drain the whole company.
1: Yeah, you know, and I think that at least in my experience, and please share yours, one of the things I find in particularly early stage, you know, kind of that two to seven year time frame in the early stages of the business trying to grab it, that many entrepreneurs just don't know how to select people who have the skill and the passion at the same time. You know, there's a lot of folks out who know how to do, you know, do one or two things, but they haven't built a business to be able to be sustainable for you, to be able to do things that can fill that what you need to have done and 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 elevate you and your business, take those things off so that you're not worried. I, I remember in in terms of mine, you know, the number of people I've had come through who were supposed to be my accountants and whatnot who you know they they show up they do a piece of work and then they disappear and I'm chasing them for stuff or they're not reoccurring or after 2 months they disappear on me and ghost me out of it which is really hard on an entrepreneur's business can you talk about how you help or how you help people or or just what do you do when you're coaching or mentoring or working with a business how do you select people that are going to elevate your business and help do exactly what you said. You know, take that work that I, I don't like, or I'm not good at, right? It's not what I'm good at doing, but also that they'll be committed. And what, I mean, what does that look like to you?
0: It goes back to looking at the, I mean, I've got a framework where the first pillar is the persona, looking at the persona of the business owner to kind of say what makes you, but also what breaks you, Okay. So I say, what is your persona code? And each of them is an acronym. It kind of comes from my background from IBM. We all love acronyms, right? But and when, when I actually developed my framework, I kind of made myself the first customer to say, "Lisa, who are you? Okay, what are your values? And you know, personal values. But what do you? What kind of environment do you want to create when you're around people? What kind of you know? For, you know, for me, it's about I want to create a positive, transparent environment. Okay, because that's the kind of person I am. And so, in fact, I had a, a meeting with my marketing guy this morning to say, you know, this is, and you want to give feedback. And so I'll say, look, you know, I want you to do this, but because you hadn't done this, it kind of stopped me. And I want to have that whole relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, by knowing your values and who you are, the kind of environment you want to create, you want to communicate that, to, you know, whether it's friends or your team members or your potential team members and employees to say, this is the person I am, and I, I'm going to say I drink my own champagne. So I'm going to practice what I preach, okay? And so if if I'm open with you, kind of expect the same. And if, if if they're uncomfortable about something, then I want them to be. I want them to find me approachable so they can communicate. You know, and so when it comes to identifying who you are, you want to then portray that culture, your inner culture, your ethics, and your values into your business. To create a business culture. Mm-hmm. And i was it Dr. Troy Hall that you interviewed earlier? You know, it is about creating a culture of teachability. Yeah. So you want to be able to create a culture that, and one of the benefits that comes out of that is that you're actually building your identity brand. Yes. You know, especially when it comes to competition, people buy from people. People buy from emotions. And if, if, if your customers value you, the service that you provide, the personal touch that you provide that comes from you because of the values you've incorporated into your business. Yeah. And so by attract, by knowing, by developing a business culture, you're communicating that with your employees, okay, so you're attracting the right people. But at the same time, you're attracting the kind of investors or business partners, whether it's your accountant, but business partners is, is just as important, i I'm sorry, attention investors, especially if they're going to, you know, they might want to have a, an equity stake in your business, in which case, you don't want to, you want to maintain the culture that your customers invested in. Uh-huh. And so, and if you bring anyone into your business, they need to, you know, it could be them. I was speaking to one lady last week where she wants, she's actually looking to sell her business. And it was actually to a uh, business owner in a totally different country. Uh-huh. And she, she wanted to communicate her style and management style to make sure if she took over the business, she was actually going to carry out the same management style which attracts her employees, but also her customers as well.
1: Yeah, care and so, concern for what you've already built.
0: Exactly. So it starts with you, but communicating that, and as I said, practicing what you, you know, what you preach to demonstrate that if you believe in work-life balance, yet you're sending emails at 2 a.m. in the morning, then your employees are going to you know, want to impress you and try and do the same, but it's not healthy. So a healthy person, if you want a healthy
1: business as well. Well, it's not just a the sending the emails at 2 a.m. in the morning, it's the what I call the brain farts, right? You read an article and it's a, oh, wow, this is changing in our environment. What do you guys think about it? And so that's too broad a question. What do you think about it? Well, what do you want me to think about it? What do you want me to look for it? What do you want me? you know and an email you know it's not a good way to, to generate a conversation but i think it has become text messages and emails sometimes we send these things off and we think that everybody thinks like i think yeah. <laughs> sees what i see and the value of having other people is ju- is just the opposite it's that they see something very different and so when you ask questions about people when you're meeting people when you're You know, one of the things that that came to mind when you were talking is this idea of evaluating your social capital. You know, we talk about social capital all the time. It's become the nice buzzword, et cetera. But what does that really mean? And for me, what that means is being able to look at your business and see who are those people who are going to help elevate your business. You know, there comes a time, particularly at that, when you've got a little bit of, or at least I've found, when you've got some... Some runway you've got some customers coming in. You're, you've got some reoccurring revenue that's starting to show up in your business and whatnot. For you to grow, you've got to find people who can do things like the accounting, who can do things like maybe manufacture for you or help produce your product or make sure that you know if you're you're looking to get on Amazon. Then you know, just getting on Amazon doesn't mean you're going to be successful. That's the first baby step. <laughs>
0: Funny because you mentioned people because that's actually my second pillar in my framework. And yeah, the, and the acronym is stick with the right people. Mm-hmm. You Who know? are in your in your tribe? Are they helping you move forward, or actually are they dragging you back? And what? And the T in stick with the right people is your team. You know, are, is anyone in your team? And this goes back to one of the uh, one of my customers. I was there. when I first started with them. You know, she had one team member that she felt was dragging the team down. And it's like, well, let me have a one to one with her. I know I'm a business coach for you, but actually, it's the business. And so I had a one to one with the employee. In mind. and she just needed a little bit of TLC. You know, that's all it was, and and a little bit of accountability. And I was providing that, and suddenly you found that you know she she wasn't draining the company down because it, you know, suddenly she was re-energized. Yeah. And con- team but with you know with the right and it's, it's, it's important to understand what motivates your team your your employees as well because money is not always the factor
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know well in fact i remember reading it on a one podcast and it was one of the, the guys from is it shark and um, in the uk we have it Dragon's stand but in, in the us it's you know when you have investors oh equity
1: partners equity partner but there's a, yes.
0: like a tv show and uh, he was like getting really frustrated with one of his employees because she was always coming late on a Monday Monday morning, and mm-hmm. it's like it's the key day because we've done all this, you know, marketing and advertising over the weekend. But all you have to do is ask, you know, what's going on? Mm-hmm. To find actually his her mom wasn't feeling very well and she was having to do with the carrots in the morning, and simply all he had to do was say, Okay, come when you have to on a Monday. Now that I know, I'll get a temp in to cover your morning, and so the business doesn't suffer. And so you need to understand your employees in terms of what motivates them. But also, you know, obviously you want to have that barrier, but at the same time you want to know your employees at a personal level because everyone wants to feel significant, you know, within the business. And getting to know them at a personal level also helps because, you know, they they can, just like customers, you know, they obviously contribute towards your reputation and and your service level, but your employees also have that impact. You know, they are, especially the customer-facing ones, they actually protect your brand, but they can also break your brand as well. So it's, you know, you owe it to to, the, to your business or to yourself to get to, you know, to know your employees and appreciate them, respect what they're good at. So when you when I say do a SWOT analysis, you know, looking at your strengths and leading yourself and yourself, you also need to do that with your team members to say, why would I give them a job when they, you know, they moan about it all the time? Can I do something about it? Yes, there will be tasks so that we've all got to do that. We don't yeah, yeah, like Yeah, the taxes. It has to be done. But at the same time, just becoming aware of that for yourself or to your team members helps them value and also gains respect for employees because the last thing you want is a high staff turnover of people leaving all the time, especially when you are growing your business. That And this is when I talk about You know, people want to, when we say established business owners, you know, they've got to the stage where they've got least a small few team members and everything like that. But if they want to go to the next level of growing their business we have to look at are things operating now at a smooth rate so that if things grow, I don't have to worry about sorting out. So say, if launching a new brand, if the existing brand is not, it's got issues, they mm-hmm. can't do that. So, the, the existing business needs to be running smoothly, including the team and the processes and everything, so that they can focus on. The new
1: area of the business. You know, you've talked about your strategic framework a couple of times, a little bit here, a little bit there. Can you kind of give us the strategic framework so that we all kind of are in the same mindset that you are? Give us a, you know, kind of a way of sure. thinking about that.
0: So, this is where I kind of, during the pandemic, what I did is like, okay, everything I know of over the last 20 to 25 years is in my head. And so it's intellectual property that I need to put down onto paper to kind mm-hmm. of say, it is. I can't be the product. I need to create a framework that is teachable. And so five pillars, it's called the success accelerator. And the first pillar is the persona, as I mentioned, what is your persona code, focusing on the business owner. And I'm very passionate about the well-being of the business owner. As I said, a a healthy business owner will create a healthy business. Then it's the people, so stick with the right people. Then it's about stamping your presence in the market. Okay, if you don't put your digital voice out there, then chances are somebody else will. So, you know, own your voice on the market. And then I bring in my accountancy experience in terms of having a steady pool of cash. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, looking more about the day to day processes and having a steady cash flow, uh, which is really important if you do want to grow. You know, because if if you want to invest in new technology or attract investors, it's really important. And then finally, profit, how to spice it up. And I go through, you know, whether it's your selling price strategy, looking at. So in fact, I did a series of posts on social media over the last two weeks. You know, it's, you can increase your price. So if you need to increase your uh, profit, you can increase your prices by 10%. Yeah. If you drop your costs by 10%, then actually that makes a multiple effect on your offline. Mm-hmm. Understanding your costs and everything. So there, that's the five P's that I actually go through. And I find that, you know, for example, one of my customers, she was... She fully understood herself in terms of, so persona wasn't as relevant, but at the same time, she wanted to focus on the profit side. And yeah. so you mentioned it's an agile framework in a sense that I go in that order, but some businesses want to focus just on the numbers. Some businesses want to focus on marketing. And, and so this is where I meet the customer where they're at to kind of say, in order to have this, you know, success is not just about the numbers. It's about having solid foundations. And so by looking at these, at least these five pillars, it's going to give you a solid base so that you can grow.
1: Good, good. When you're in that early kind of stages of it, you know, kind of that, you know, four five, six, I think it's oftentimes we get so caught up in the routine of doing, 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 doing that we don't step back. To kind of see where the pillars are, because, you know, when you're building a business, particularly early stages of it, you're just trying to eat and thrive and keep the doors open, you know, but there does come a time where you've got to start slowing down enough or maybe I I never say time management. I always say priority management because you have all the time there is you can't make any more time. That's it. It's 24 hours. Boom, done. But you can decide what you're going to do in those 24 hours. And what does that look like for you? And what are the goals and results that you need to uh, have that lead to the kind of outcomes that you want out of it? And I think that, you know, by the, your ability to kind of take this process of yours and then be a little agile meeting the client where they are, it allows the client to have some control over it. But it really is more of a deep dive in an area that has been assessed as a issue that you want to improve or an opportunity that you want to capitalize on. As you're talking and mentoring and working with others, I shouldn't say mentoring, but you're, you're really more than a coach, but you're also you know, more than just a consultant, it sounds like to me. I mean, you really are kind of a thought partner, helping them not only understand themselves internally, but how does that internal motivation show up in their behaviors? Are there kinds of folks who just, you know, or points at life where we just get stuck and stumble in our business?
0: Yeah. And to tell you the truth this is one of the, the reasons why I started my business because when I exhausted of my network and I was stuck in terms of how do I take my let my business to the next level I was like I was absolutely, you know stuck I didn't know what to do and so I don't want entrepreneurs and business owners to be in the same position where you know where they're all they're in that and I'm not not disrespecting anyone but it's that narrow look of you only know what you know yeah and so, it is about, you know, broadening your horizon of, you know, creativity, but thinking outside the box, thinking outside your industry as well. kind of And I've had exposure to many industries, you know, to kind of say, let me, in fact, the post I'm going to post on Instagram today is, what did you see that I didn't? Mm. Because people will see things just from what they know and their experience. But by bringing, you know, a board of advisors, you know, that can see, help you see from different perspectives is one thing but actually to have someone that supports you as a human being, that's the kind of the role that I play in to kind of say, everyone's looking to you. You have your, you know, your legal advisor, your accountant, that's, you know, giving, looking at, looking after the different areas of your business, but actually who's supporting you as mm-hmm. a human to help you, you know, to challenge you. I mean, I, I know there's one example with one of my customers. She copied me on an email that she was sending to a potential joint venture. And I was like, why did you offer him that? You know, and she's like, no one's ever said that to me. And I said, but you can't afford to do this, you know? And she's like, no one's ever challenged me. And I I suppose it's what what makes me different. It's like, I'm putting the CEO first, but at the same time, because of my broad experience in different areas of the business, I'm able to challenge them to kind of say, you know, and I find a lot of entrepreneurs are actually in this situation where everybody's looking to them, but no one's, you know, and they're making all the decisions. Right. Challenging them to say, are they doing the right thing? Right. This is where the power of having a business coach to kind of say well, is that the right thing? And was that the right decision? And all of those kind of comes into action.
1: It's interesting because the thing everybody says is, you know, the loneliest spot is the, the CEO or the entrepreneur so, or the yeah. boss or whatever yeah. it is. And, and yet, you know, I haven't met, and I, it sounds like from you too, you haven't met anybody who in that role, you want people to challenge you. You want, you know, people to be thought partners with you. But there's a, there's, I call it the bubble that is always around the, the person who's in charge, because ultimately this is your baby. No one is going to take care of your business. Like you are, they will advise, but if they don't hear, or they don't see that your body language, your tone is a receptive of getting that, then they'll just pull back. Cause guess what? The buck stops on your desk. And if this is how you want to run your business. Ah, okay. And I, I hear what you're saying is, is your differentiator. It's really around. I look at you as a person, but I also take care of your business. And I think that is one of the things that, as I talk to and listen to a lot of the coaches and business consultants, etc., it's a hard. That's a hard skill to hold on to because you get tied to the money, and it's easy to just kind of be like an employee. But I want to say this because I want to pull this out because. As people who are listening to this are in this idea of I want to grow my business, I want to take it to the next level. You know, the hardest thing is to find the right people to be around you and finding people who can be honest, but also about you. What is it that you're doing that might be holding you back as well as mind the business itself? That's a rare breed of people who can balance the two of those things.
0: When I say uh, we talked just a little bit on the uh, people pillar, one thing I learned was you actually need three types of peer groups. Okay. Those that you learn from, those that you laugh with, and those that you teach. Mm-hmm. And so those that you learn from are people, like your mentors, and you know, people that are two, three steps ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like your influencers as well. Those that you laugh with are people at the same level. It could be, you know, other business owners that will understand what you're going through and you can just switch off and have a laugh with them. But at the same time, you can brainstorm to, you know, to kind of say, I've got this situation at work, you know, what what would you do? And then those that you teach, which will be like your employees and your clients. And so by having that broad spectrum of, you know, different people that you can reach out to, but also give as well as take, it kind of balances you in terms of give and take. Okay. But at the same time, when it comes to each of those groups, you don't want to rely just on one person. Because yeah. People have different qualities. You know, it's like you know, a lot of people I've seen that they're solely rely on their partner to give them everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the skills. You know, you know, for me, if it was because I also do holistic therapies. You know, like Reiki and, and and massage and that just as a help me wind down. And and so I need. I have a friend that kind of meets me at that level as well. Something mm-hmm. that really interests my husband. Yeah. Having a broad range of people helps to balance your needs at different levels as well, and so that you don't feel alone. You know, at the, you know at that CEO level, because you've got people supporting different areas of your life, but also different areas of your business. And uh, you know, because everyone's different, and people's needs are different, people's experiences of you know of how they became the person they are today will mean they'll have different levels of needs as well.
1: Absolutely. Well, as always, you know, we've come to that point in the podcast where oh, wow. um, <laughs> I know, right? Does it not like go like, <laughs> oh, forever, <yeah. laughs> the cup of coffee that you had is now cold and it's time to move on to actually making some money, folks. Nita, how can people get a hold of you? I tend
0: to hang out on LinkedIn as well as Instagram. So my Instagram account is I am Nita Solanke. And I, yeah, I tend to hang on uh, on LinkedIn, but you know, it is a case of hanging out, where, to hang out you know, where you want to share your information. And so I find it is a mixture of Instagram and LinkedIn. But so I kind of, oh God, I think it's been 15 years ago when I actually joined LinkedIn. <laughs> 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 yeah. Even my age away here. I'm going to be 50 this year. There you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, folks, you know what I'm going to say. If you liked it, share it. If you didn't like it, share it. Because I promise you that in the conversation with other people, you're going to learn something. And this podcast in particular was really pointed at social capital and the importance of social capital. And I hope that after listening to this, you now have a better understanding of what social capital is, what it can do for you, and how it's actually part of your strategic planning. And if you're not strong at getting people into your network that can help you think through the plan as well as think through the implementation of the plan, then you probably got a weakness in there. So... With that, you know what I'm going to say. It's a wrap. See you, everybody. Thank you very much, Denise. And thank you very much to everyone. Great. Bye bye. That's a wrap. And I'm Denise Cooper, and you've been listening to Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper. Let me thank my good friend, Ivan G. Hall, for the background music. I'd like to ask you to do three things. One, if you liked it, share it with your friends. Let's build up our community to subscribe so that you don't miss when a new episode drops. And lastly, if you've got a question or a comment, leave it below. I'd love to hear what you thought was good, what I could do better, and what topics you'd like to hear about. Let me thank my guests one more last time. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye.